if you were to come to me and tell me everything that's going on with you, because I'm not emotionally attached to anything that's going on in your life, I can see it clearly. I can see it objectively and I can help you see where the patterns are for myself. I can't do that for myself. Right. And so why having a coach or why having somebody in your life help you get through that stuff is so important is because the hardest person for me to see is myself. Would you like to share uh, any like specific life changing story that you can think, you know, you would like to share to the listeners and that can you think that stands out in your memory like it's still fresh? So Quincy, first of all, welcome to Zest to Live. I'm really excited to have you today on the show. How are you feeling? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. So Quincy, you know, we're going to talk so, about so many things today, about so many different topics and uh, motivation, you know, empowerment, trauma, getting over limiting beliefs. I think you're going to get into many things. But, you know, everybody starts somewhere. And whenever I think about that place, for me, it's always the foundation where it's kept. That is the childhood, you know. Mm -hmm. And for somebody, either one has a really traumatic one or one has a really good childhood, like a great upbringing. You know, there is no mm -hmm. normal upbringing. I, I don't consider no. anything normal. Either it's good or it's just on the traumatic side. There's nothing like a normal childhood. <laughs> I never see that. So what was your childhood like? And what did your journey, how did your journey got you what you are today? So I'm trying to understand what was your childhood like? And where did this whole journey began really? You know, I actually think I had a really great childhood. I grew up in an alcoholic home. My dad was not, he was not a violent alcoholic. He wasn't even really a mean alcoholic, but he was an alcoholic nonetheless. And I think that normal is a setting on the dryer or setting on something, but it's not what life looks like. And I think that everybody's childhood has some form of trauma attached to it um, because I believe the trauma especially from childhood is kind of what forms us as people. And, you know, I grew up in a house where there was a lot of laughter and there was a lot of parties, but there was also a lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And there was a lot of expectation and there was a lot of broken promises. And, and my parents ended up getting divorced when I was, I think, 16. And, and that changed our life. We went from living in one area to a different area. So, you know, for kids, that's super traumatic. Uh, so, you know, my my childhood was, for all intents and purposes, really great on a lot of in a lot of ways. But it did not come without its problems, and it did not come without uh, the damages it left in my life. So, as you grow up, you know, and came into the time of teenage and puberty, and you know, that's a time you know we start to like our body grows. You are trying to get into that adult zone oh, yeah. maybe we start <laughs> dating in the western culture mm -hmm. so it's that you know your first prom and all those great great things that you think you know starts happening it's a really exciting time i feel in someone's life so so how was mm -hmm. that time like that and once you came out of the college like what what was your journey like you know and what brought you here what you are today that's what i'm trying to understand so because my parents got divorced during that time, during the time when I was going through puberty, when I was changing, when my body was changing, all of that stuff, there wasn't a lot of attention to me about what was going on with me, right? So because I was, I felt totally alone. I felt totally confused. I didn't have anywhere to ask questions. I 
you know, my parents were so busy fighting and trying to figure out if my dad was going to get sober and trying to figure out what they were doing that they didn't have a lot of time to communicate with me or with my sister and my brother. And so I, I did a lot of stuff figuring it out on my own. And I made a lot of mistakes. I did a lot of things, you know, that if my child would have done, uh, I, I probably would have flipped out about. Um, but that's when I started drinking. That's when I started experimenting with sex. That was when I started using anger and violence as as a weapon in my life because I didn't have any other idea on how to communicate. I didn't know how to talk about what was going on with me. Like, And drugs and alcohol actually made it really easy for me to just check out and not feel anything. Escape. And Escape. Yes, absolutely. And, um, and it eventually became my solution to everything, right? Was my I didn't know how to be connected. I didn't know how to deal with the trauma. I didn't know how to deal with the shame. So I just disconnected and drugs and alcohol made that easy for me to do. And, you know, I didn't graduate from high school. I dropped out of high school three times um, because apparently I couldn't get it right the first time. And, uh, um, and I didn't end up going to college like in the, right after school. I went to college much later in life, but I didn't go to college right out of high school. Like I wanted to get a job. I wanted to get away from my family. Like I just wanted to go live my life, you know, and, um, and find my place in the world. And so I did. And, um, and it was great because I had a lot of really great jobs. I had a lot of really horrible jobs. Um, but in all of that, uh, in all of that turmoil, there was a lot of, damage and there were a lot of mistakes and there were a lot of things that that led me to where I am right now which I'm super grateful for but at the time were super super painful so you know you started doing coaching after yes. a long time not so early that you started doing coaching but you did so mm -hmm. you know what what brought you to coaching you know someone who goes through a lot of trauma a lot of those kind of things goes to coaching herself rather than mm -hmm. starting a coaching of her own. So that is a big decision because when you start coaching, that means you can help others uh, mm -hmm. overcoming their fears, their beliefs, uh, limiting beliefs, and making them powerful, making them courageous, and especially women, you know, who are oppressed mm -hmm. in the society. I think we talked about this before, you know. So it's in all cultures, they are, humans are trying to oppress. So in that mm -hmm. sense, you know, when you came in, you know, you saw that's how your friends or maybe you know females specifically are being suppressed and males were also dominated by their own fears like to be competitive to be number one in the carpet world mm -hmm. there's so many you know during that time so what brought you to coaching and how did that thing started out basically so you know um so being a being an alcoholic and a drug addict myself, like part of the reason people go to addiction is because whether it's addicted to food, addicted to drugs and alcohol, shopping, sex, whatever it is, is because they're escaping this uh, inability to deal with pain in their own life. Right. And um, and and I couldn't deal with pain like I could not deal with pain. And that's why I went to those things. And so when drugs and alcohol started causing more pain in my life than it was solving problems, I ended up getting sober, right? And because I got sober and I no longer had this outside thing to make me feel better, I had to learn how to feel better, right? I had to learn how to deal with that pain. And for a long time, I couldn't. For a long time, I just, 
would do what we call geographics, which I would just move from one place to the next, you know, whether it was social groups, whether it was physical location, whatever it was, so that when all of a sudden there'd be all these problems in this social group, I just move to a different social group, like get rid of them and start all over, right? Um, if it was a job and it was going badly, I just quit that job and go get another job, right? Instead of dealing with what was causing the pain, what was causing um, the turmoil or the friction. So you were avoiding it? I didn't. So you were avoiding oh, yeah. it in that sense? I was still avoiding it, right? Until it became so unbearable in my life that I could not continue to avoid it. Like I got to a point where, and I was talking about this the other day, I got to a point where, you know, either getting drunk and doing drugs was my option or suicide. Like those were the two places that I had gotten to, you know, and I have since then, I mean, and there've been plenty of times in my life when I've been suicidal. Right. Um, and what I've come to realize is that suicide is really just my ego's way of saying I'm out of answers. Right. And you know, this is the only answer I have for you because my ego thinks it needs to come up with all the answers. Right. And if I can look at it that way, then I can see that was actually when my life turned and I learned how to do this from somebody else. And I actually got coaching from somebody else. And that person taught me how to deal with conflict, how to, how to communicate, how to resolve what's going on with me and to learn from my feelings, to learn from, you know, my behaviors so that I could change the way that I behaved. So I could change the way that I think, you know, and, um, and that took a lot of work, but I loved doing the work because every time I would learn something and every time I would do something in a new way, I would, um, I would experience this Welcome to Luvo. Introducing live sessions for meditation, yoga, healthy eating, and gratitude. Tune in with our meditation music for health, happiness, and success. This all-in-one app has smartwatch integration to check your health vitals. More than just an app, it's a lifestyle. Download our free app and start living your best life was tied up in knots and everything was tense and everything felt bad on the inside. But once this person taught me how to do things in a different way and how to resolve that stuff, all of a sudden it felt like those knots were letting go, were loosening up, you know? And, uh, and that was amazing, <laughs> right? Like that was amazing. And so I became intoxicated by learning how to get free, how to be different, how to resolve stuff. And in that process, I started teaching other people what was being taught to me. And as a result, I ended up learning more than just by learning on myself. Right. So that was how I got to coaching. Literally was I went to somebody as a coach and I went, you know what? So I really want to show other people. Your transformation became transformation for many. That's if I have to. Absolutely. Sum, absolutely. Sum if you had to sum it up in one sentence. Absolutely. But I think that that's true for a lot of people, not not everyone, but a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of people that go to school to be a therapist that have had absolutely zero, um, you know, transformation of themselves, but they have all the information. They know what to say. They know how to spot all the treatments, all that kind of stuff. But when you're actually working with somebody who relates to and understands where you're at, it's a lot deeper of a connection. Not just and, in the books, but in practically. Yeah. Not just in the in books. Practical in practical life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what coaching is all about is, you know, I 
I've had a tremendous life and I've had a lot of experiences and I've learned a lot of lessons, but I've also learned how to transmit that, how to, how to let people know how to do things different, how to help them spot what's working and what's not working. Like, I don't believe in good and bad. I just believe in what works and what doesn't. And when we can identify what doesn't work, then we can find something. That's really positive uh, way to think that. And, you know, I feel, uh, you know, we talked, I'm going to talk about youngsters, you know, because I think there's so mm-hmm. many youngsters who are, you know, I mean, I have to say this, you know, in history, no time was easy to live in, actually. But today is even harder because the population is so much and there is yeah. so much competition between, you know, study, then, uh, you know, college. Everywhere it seems like there is a race going on and you have to be number one. If you don't yeah. be number one, you're out of the race. You know, you don't know what he considers you. Women yeah. don't consider you. Man doesn't consider woman who's not beautiful. Nothing. Yeah. Dogs so won't have... consider you. Yeah. So criteria has been made of the society. This is the menu card and you have to fit in the menu to be, to be chosen. (laughs) Sorry. My little dog thought I was attacking her. So funny. Sorry. So you have to, yes. uh, So you have to be chosen. And why this, how can somebody come out of that mentality of race? Because that has been killing us, right? In in here, Mm -hmm. it has been suppressing our potential. We have so much potential, Quincy, so much potential. I feel that has been suppressed, you know, and we Mm -hmm. could use so much of that potential, but we suppress it. So what is that? uh, If I have to say techniques for the youngsters who are going through a very depressive period, especially because you were a youngster at that time, you got Mm -hmm. into alcohol. And I know so many youngsters in the United States are into alcohol and drugs. Because, you know, they they, they don't know. And the reason they are in, it's because they don't know what to do else. That's their escape. That's the only thing they are in. Nobody does it for enjoyment. Really, nobody does it. It's just for Uh, the... They do. I think they do. I think that's the guys they fall under. Maybe to fit in. Maybe to fit in. I mean, the three three top reasons that that teenagers start to use drugs and alcohol is number one, they're curious, right? Mm. Number two, peer pressure, right? Mm. And number three, to change how they feel. And that's usually where it starts. And if you look back at, you know, most people who have addiction problems, they start in their teenage years. And a lot of that comes from, you know, we don't live in a world, really, I would love to say just our society, but in a world where talking about how you feel and talking about what you think without thinking that it's, you know, the do all and end all, we don't talk about how to deal with it. We don't talk about, we're just like, just pretend it's not happening and just keep going, you know? And for me, the thing I like to talk to about kids the most is it's normal to feel the way that you're feeling. It's normal to think the way that you're thinking. Like we have a a suicide epidemic that's going on that's out of control in this country, right? We also have a drug addiction problem that's out of control in this country. And I think like similar to what you talked about, like all of the pressure that we're under just to be the best, just to get chosen, just to be, you know, just to matter, right? It's the entire world has the basic wound of I don't matter. Right. And so everybody's trying to prove to everybody that that I'm here. I'm here. Right. You know, look at me. Yeah. And I matter. And the truth is, is we all matter. And I think that there's a, there's a huge difference between who we are on a spiritual level, like who our consciousness is versus who our ego is. Right. And our ego is the one that creates the competition is the one that creates the desperation is the one that creates that, that feeling of, we're never going to be good enough and we're never going to do enough. And we push ourselves to levels that are, you know, unsustainable. Right. And the truth is, is I think that every person on the planet has a purpose for being here. 
every one of us. And the way that the, we look at stuff has to evolve on some level because we've only gotten this far with what we believe and what we know so far. And as a, as a, as a whole, the human being is shifting in the way that things are going to happen. I mean, the way that people go to work is going to be very different in the next 20 years. The way that people find their self-esteem and their worth in life is going to change in the next 20 years, right? The way that people connect to each other is already shifted, right? And um, not for the better necessarily, right? But it's going to have to go back the other way. Like sometimes we have to go to extremes. You go to the far worst end to all the way to the other end, right? And it's a journey before right. you find the middle, right? And I think that that's kind of where we're at. And, um, you know, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting time to be alive. I don't think it's harder than any other time to live. The challenges are just really different. Different, but the I challenges think, are different. Yeah, but I think that the problems are the same. Like, in you know, back in the early 1900s, in the 1800s, people didn't talk about how they felt or what they thought because people were terrified of what other people would think if they put that stuff out there, right? But the truth is, is we all kind of think the same and we all kind of feel the same, just at different times. And if we could really connect on a human level with each other about what the truth is for us, about what, what we're really going through, then that stuff wouldn't own us, you know? That stuff would not become, um, you know, everything in our lives as it is that we're trying to run away from and trying to get away from. So I don't know. You know, if I have to ask you one question is depression. Mm -hmm. Is, is it a condition? Is it a disease or is it a state? What is depression to you? It's a, I would say it's a state. I mean, depression is about regretting the past, right? Regretting what I've done, where I've been, what I haven't done who I haven't been around, whatever. That's what depression is really about, right? Uh, anxiety is about worrying about the future, right? So if, when I look at two things in that realm, right? Like if I'm in a depressed place, what am I regretting about what's happened in my life so far? There's nothing I can do about it, right? So it's my ego just sitting in place, stewing over what they did wrong. It's a, it's a way of, of beating ourselves up, right? And depression is a real thing. It's not not a real thing. And it's also a normal thing. It's super important for the human psyche to go through periods of depression and to go through periods of anxiety because those things ended up pointing us in the direction that we need to go in, right? And so, like, if I had not been depressed, if I had not been depressed and I had not been um, full of anxiety and all of that stuff, I would not have been motivated to go forward, right? It gave me direction. It gave me purpose. Like my depression, my anxiety, my suicide, um, my suicidal thoughts, my addiction, all of that stuff has all given me purpose in my life. Like it didn't happen to me for no reason. It happened for me to have purpose to help others learn how to deal with theirs. Make sense? I think it, it does. And, you know, we talked about youngsters and their problems, but mm -hmm. as we grow up and we are at 30, 35 or 40, in mm -hmm. the, if I have to say the mid, midlife, where people are technically stable 
in that sense, like materially, they have sorted things out, they are married, or maybe they have kids. It's it's like the stable time right now. But mm-hmm. still, there is so much of a different kind of insecurities that come in when you're at that age. You know, when yeah. you're 20, you can take risk. You can take do so many things. When you're 40, you cannot take risk. You feel, you know, I'm at this condition, like really stable. and mm-hmm. But still, they don't feel secure. Even though financially they are secure, in terms of money they are, but inherently there's such insecurity, there's such anxiety, which they cannot even talk about. Because, you know, when you're young, you could say to your parents, you know, I'm feeling like that. But when you're 40, you know, you don't know, you feel ashamedless, like kind of a thing like, hey, I cannot, I cannot say that I'm anxious, all of that. Maybe to your friends, but maybe you feel a bit ashamed about talking about uh, mm-hmm. such things so what right. is that midlife crisis is likely basically and how, do, how why do that happen and how can somebody combat it well i think that midlife crisis is really about again it's kind of like regretting the past right you know we grow up as kids and we have all of these ideas and we have all of these dreams and all of these things that we want to be but then we grow up and we get into the real world and like you know it doesn't look the way we thought it was going to look so we we jump into a life and we push forward to get into that life and i need a husband and i need kids and i need this career and then we wake up one day and go oh my god what have i done right like this isn't who i wanted to be this is not my beautiful life you know what i mean like this is not what i wanted in life and i think that that's that's why understanding regret is so important because you know we go on a path thinking that we're getting to a certain place and we think that these things outside of us are going to make me happy only to wake up one day realizing that they don't make us happy right and so you know and again it's not about right or wrong as much as it is about what works and what doesn't right and maybe i've taken a job maybe i've taken a career path maybe i've married somebody right which happened to be that wasn't fitting for me in my life it did not feel right after a certain amount of time and i said you know what i can't spend the rest of my life with this person because i don't even like this person anymore. <laughs> right like yeah, yeah. Anymore. and i i can't be here anymore and i was devastated like i never got married to get divorced like that was not my point Nobody but does. it's the same Yeah, but at the same time, who I was when I married that man and who I was by the time I left that man, I was not the same person. I had changed so much that, you know, he didn't like me either because I was not the person that he had married either anymore, right? Nor was he. So it's really about learning how to, you know, look at these things in our life, not as bad things or as negative things, right? But as, I'm sorry but as um, 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 things that are telling us that there's a new new direction coming for you. There's new opportunities coming for you. There may be something different in it because it wasn't until I got divorced from my husband that I went to college, that I went to law school, that I changed all of these things in my life that I had not done up until that point, right? Because I didn't think were important or I didn't think was the, the path I was going to go down, that all of a sudden I was like, no, I really want to do this now. And so all of a sudden, my life went into a totally different direction as a result of that whole path. But I may not have ever gotten there had it not happened exactly the way that it did. So you would never, like, if I have to tell, uh, you know, that's the, like, the, the paradoxical thing. If you could go back to your past self and you could say three things to change, you would never do that, would you? To say change. Um, you know, I used to think that... that um, that I wouldn't, right? That that I wouldn't go back and tell my past self, my younger self, what would I tell them to do different? Um, 
but I would because something that I've learned as an adult, there's really like two kinds of people, right? There's the kind of people who know that sacrificing in the beginning of your life makes the end of your life a lot more relaxed, right? Whereas people who in the beginning want to have a good time and don't want to sacrifice anything, right? End up working a lot harder at the end of their life, right? And so, but that's something that only comes with experience, right? So no, I wouldn't necessarily change anything because I love my life and I love who I am as a result of everything that's happened to me, right? But if I could do things different, I would probably switch those around because I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired and I'm old and I wish I could just sleep, but you know, I'm working, which is great. And I love to work because I love connecting to people and I love being around people and I love helping people, right? Um, and I don't believe that I could have been a really good coach at a young age, right? Because I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the real understanding. I didn't have the the know-how, right? So now because of what I've gone through and because of what I've learned, all of a sudden now I have huge value to give to somebody else. Is your husband gone still? Uh, that noise has been really... Oh yeah, no. Uh, well, it's, it's, you have to understand it's eight o'clock in the morning here. So everybody's getting up and going to work and going to... My son just left for school. So now everybody's gone. So... Okay. My so, so, you know... Your coaching involves empathetic, like empathic listening, sorry, empathic mm -hmm. listening and what do you call that? Personal guidance and reflective writing. That's that's what it is, you know. Yeah. And how do these elements contribute to what you call sobriety? Like how can you get sober from this or empower living? You know, how does this all connect? You know, especially the reflective writing is uh, that term and listening. You know, so I'm trying to understand how did this contribute to sobriety and uh, empowered living? So, so the hardest thing, like I can see you clearly, if you were to come to me and tell me everything that's going on with you, because I'm not emotionally attached to anything that's going on in your life, I can see it clearly. I can see it objectively and I can help you see where the patterns are that you're missing or the pieces of information that are missing in your thinking. For myself, I can't do that for myself, right? And so why having a coach or why having somebody in your life help you get through that stuff is so important is because the hardest person for me to see is myself, right? And so when I got sober, you know, I didn't have, um, you know, I couldn't think for myself. I couldn't, because all, all I was was feelings and crazy thoughts and all this stuff. I couldn't control anything that was going on. So it wasn't until I let somebody in my life who said things to me like, you know, would you like to do that differently? Would you like to know how to say that differently? You know, and until I started to ask questions, I mean, probably the most important thing that ever happened to me was learning how to ask questions. People who don't ask questions can't learn. And you can't know something and learn something at the same time, right? So, um, so, and and being somebody who learns how to listen to people, my job is to hear where people have holes in their thinking, right? So that I can help them fill that gap with something that's going to benefit them in a different direction, right? And uh, so that's what I do. And a lot of the times we don't know how we're thinking or how we're feeling until we start to put that on paper. Once I put stuff on paper, that's what's real, right? Because we can sit and have, you know, 60,000 thoughts in a day and think that all of them are needing attention. 
when the truth is, is that they don't, right? Um, and they don't all mean something. We don't have to pick up every one of them. But there's a there's a thread that goes through all of those thoughts that creates a baseline for us that either propels us or holds us back, right? And a lot of the time, it holds us back. So if I have somebody in my life who's helping me see what's holding me back, I can let go of those thoughts, right? Because limitation you know, pain, all of that stuff only exists between your two ears. That's it. That's the only place it exists. So if I can change the way I think and change the way I see things, then all of a sudden I can have a very different experience in life. But if I'm so committed to what I see and what I think, it's really hard to change when I believe that everything I think and feel is right. You know, you have coached uh, so many people and, you know, guided so many people. You had such a journey yourself, you know. Yes. But would you like to share uh, any, like, specific, uh, if I have to say, life-changing story that you can think, you know, you would like to share to the listeners and that can you think that stands out in your memory, like it's still fresh, like this experience of somebody or I don't know if you all had, like, some life-changing story would you like to share? You know, it's the the only thing that's coming up for me right now is is one, you know, my journey is about self-responsibility, right? That's really what it's about. Like I, you know, we're born as children, right, as babies and we're dependent on other people and, you know, and there's a belief system that comes when we're dependent on other people, right? And that de that dependency creates this this place for most of us where it's like it's either your fault but it's not my fault, right? Is it ever my fault, right? And and I'm really good at making other things people other people's fault. But I'm also really good at making my happiness other people's responsibility as well. Like, you know, once I get married to the right man, then I'll be happy. Once my children do what I need them to do, then I'll be happy. And, you know, learning how to be happy regardless of what other people are doing in their lives or learning how to be um, self-sufficient regardless of who's in my life, right? Those are the, that's really been what this whole journey has been about. And so I have countless stories about people that I have coached who have gone from these places of feeling worthless and like they're, they have no value and they have nothing to contribute to the world because, you know, they don't have all these perfect things in place to helping them see that your life is not waiting for something else to happen. So you can be who you're supposed to be. You have the opportunity to be who you're supposed to be right now, you know, and, um, you know, and that's been my experience too. It's, it's a journey and it's not always comfortable. It's actually horribly uncomfortable a lot of the time. Right. And the pain comes from discomfort is very different than the pain from but holding it is rewarding. on to stuff that doesn't work. It is work. rewarding. Oh, it is extremely rewarding. In the end, it will take time. At the start, it will yeah. hurt. It will hurt, but yes. great things yes. hurt. You know, you have to yes. go through pain yeah. to recover, you know. And Absolutely. this is the last one you have to really go through to finally get that recovery done. And you have to suffer Absolutely. more than you have imagined. It's more than yeah. your expectation that, you know, I'm not going to suffer too much. Now it's going to be good, good, good. But now yeah. the real things. Well, but coaching is not easy, you know, in that no. sense. It's not. And that's the thing is that can you, you know, can you be committed to getting new ideas? Can you be willing to be challenged? Open. I mean, that's Open. part of our part of our society's problem right now is that everybody just wants to be right. And nobody actually really wants to consider what might be right for me isn't right for you. 
right? Or what's right for me today may be different tomorrow, right? Everybody's just really interested in being right and making everybody see how right they are right now. So it's kind of, you know, it's sad, actually. It's a lot of wasted time. But, you know, what are those key elements do you focus on, like, to help individuals to build what you call that a solid foundation in mm-hmm. uh, recovery or life skill? What 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 uh, key elements are there that you help the clients or people who come to you to build that foundation? I mean, there's so many different skills that I give people through the coaching process, but I would have to say probably the number one thing I help people understand is that how you how you feel and how you think are just flags to get your attention that there's something on the other side of that. And if you can get on the other side of that, you can have a different experience, right? And so when people are come to me and they're in pain and they're overwhelmed, you know, my job is really, you know, I do a lot of meditation and I teach people a lot about have your head and your feet in the same place at the same time, right? And most people, that's, that's a, that's a huge ask for a lot of people because we're always thinking about what do I got to do and where have I been and what haven't I done and where is it going and, you know, but they're never in the actual, yeah, but they're never in the moment they're actually in. And the truth is, is if we can learn how to not think about stuff that isn't actually happening, we would all be so much happier because in this moment, in this very moment, I'm a hundred percent fine. I'm perfect. Everything's perfect. Exactly the way it should be. I'm happy. I'm okay. I'm having a great conversation with you, right? My dog is on my lap. Everybody has left. Thank God. You know what I mean? And like, you know, in this moment, I'm okay. But if I get off of this call and I start thinking about, well, what do I got to do? And where do I got to go? And why didn't I do this? And I should have done that and all of this stuff. I'm going to have a bad day if I start falling you won't even do the conversation rightly if you were not present you know totally totally in the head and you know thinking 10 different things and i say hey this question is a what like you yeah what do you mean yeah like you know so you you are going the mind but when you are focused you are focused and that's what yes you know we have to learn to survive in moments you know we have to learn to be here to be conscious it is like you know uh, i was talking in one of my podcasts that if you go on the road there's the jaywalking, you know, you cross the road, but the signal is green, yep. like the road crossing for a person. You know, you mm-hmm. go there and people are walking, they have the headphones on, somebody's just walking, walking, but they are not really walking, they're in something in their heads. And what happens, totally. like, uh, you know, I, I tell you, this is a really real life example, real life example. Somebody's walking as a car comes and he's walking, he's really conscious, it seems so, but you, he's walking and he, a car comes like, Peep peep, it's like the horn, and that what well, he's like, whoa, because he mm-hmm. was somewhere else, and that really single moment he came back and consciously, yeah. wow, that's just second. It's like you're yeah. walking in the night and somebody came with a knife for a moment yeah. that consciousness comes because you were in that time also in your head, trying to not yes. feel, you know. And it's fun, right? It's fun to be in the story, it's fun to make that imaginative world. It is, but it's totally. sucking and taking away your energy, it's taking away yeah. all of that power. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. And and we don't realize how much time we don't spend in the present until it becomes really painful, you know, and, and that's how people learn. I mean, one of the biggest fears of the human being is the fear of the unknown, right? And being in the present, there is a level of not knowing what's going to happen next. And that's a lot that creates anxiety for a lot of people. And so they go to places in their mind, right, where they already know what's happening right? Because it's safe. And so if we can learn how to yes. live 
comfortably with the fear of not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, you know, I have people who call me and they're freaking out about stuff and I'll say, but what's happening today? Where are you today? What's happening right now? Is what you're thinking about happening right now? And they're like, well, no. And I said, then don't, then, then why are you thinking about it? I said, the world could blow up tomorrow. We live with a lot of crazy people on this planet. They could blow up the planet tomorrow. And I said, do you want to spend the rest of your life, which is this day, worrying about stuff that's never going to happen? Is that how you want to spend the last day on earth? You know, and all of a sudden it gets into perspective for people and they go, oh my God, why am I worrying about stuff that's not actually happening? You know, and all of us have conversations with people who aren't there, right? You're mad at somebody and you're like, well, this is how I'm going to have this conversation. And this is what I want to say to them. But they're not even standing there. But you're having an emotional conversation. planning everything. We are used to <laughs> totally. it. We have, you know, that, you know, yeah. you, could, you could say that the 30 minutes before our recording, I'm going to talk like this. I'm going to talk like this. Uh -huh. And this is what he's going to ask. And, and ask something really different. And, you know, I have totally. lived that. I have lived that yeah. too. I'm, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a guilty. Everybody has, you know. Yes. But one person learns from that thing and changes. And other keeps on doing the same mistake. Understanding right. that you cannot predict and what is no. gone, that is gone. There is no point of clinging to it. Yes, it is good to look back and reflect and learn. That's and learn. Good. Totally. But not attached to it and thinking about it, what has happened. And we are those kind of species, you know, always clinging to the past, thinking, yes. you know, I should have, you know, why did I got into that relationship? Why did I did that? I could have done that. That it's finished. Mm -hmm. But you're giving yeah. all your time and energy to that uh, idiotic thing and it's idiotic it is idiotic i've seen smart people doing the same mistake which is really I, we all do it it's a human condition yes. it's not none of us are are you know you know not going to do that like every person does that on some level but depending on how much control you really have over your mind will determine how happy you are really ultimately because people who live in the past and people who live in the future there's no happiness there <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you can even remember the happiest time of your life, but you will miss or regret that happy time because it's not happening now. Happiness only exists today, right? Happiness only exists, you know, feelings of joy, feelings of elation only happen in the moment. You can't relive them if they've happened before. You just have to have them now. And depending on what we focus on and how much control we have over how we think, right? Because what we think and who we are are not the same thing, right? Our brain thinks. That's what it does. It's just, it's made to make problems, solve them. Problems, solve them. Pro that's all your brain does. But that doesn't mean that that's who you are. But, you know, one thing that is that comes to my mind, you know, about this is that a lot of people who come to you for coaching. Okay, I'll, I'll get to that question later on. Let's get into this question male's mind and there is a because you've got coached both females and males what yes. are the thinking patterns of males and females like have you seen some differences in i mean there are definitely in the way yeah. they approach things because you know it's a different angle but what are those different angles that female have and males have often the triggers which i have to say and the strengths also that you see there are clear differences that outline male and female you can see the difference okay this is the female and this is the male have what patterns have you noticed between these two uh, genders um i mean oh my god that we could talk about that for hours yeah, like that's yeah. a that's a really long conversation <laughs> um but you know at the end of the day i think what it comes down to is is we we may get to different scenario get to certain places differently but ultimately we all want the same thing 
right? Like whether we're male or female or whatever, right? We all want the same thing. But our first approach almost always, whether we're male or female, is how do I get somebody else to change so I don't have to? Right. If I can get this person to be different, if I can get this person to understand, if I can get this person to believe me, if I can get this person, whatever it is to do, blah, 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 then I'll be okay. And both males and females do that. Right. And that's the ego. The ego doesn't want to have to do the work. The ego wants other people to do the work. Right. And so, um, so most of the time, whether it's male or female, I spend a lot of time getting people back into, well, what can you do differently, right? How can you change this situation? Because when I change, the whole world around me changes, right? But when I'm trying to change you, nothing changes at all, right? So as long as I'm focused on trying to get you to be different, I'm in trouble. But if I focus on, okay, well, what can I do? Well, I can learn how to talk differently. I can learn how to behave differently. I can learn how to ask for what I want. I can learn how to identify what I'm feeling. I can learn all kinds of things about me. And when I change, the world around me changes. And that's what I spend most of my time with men and women doing. You know, couples that I that I work with all the time. You know, they come to me and they're like, I'm getting divorced. And I said, okay, that's good. And I let them rant about how much of a horrible person their spouse is, right? And then I bring it back to them and go, okay, so, but but what can you do differently? How can you be empathetic to what's going on with your partner so that you can be different? Because just because that's going on with them doesn't mean it has to be going on. It's always like, you know, you want to say they are wrong. He's wrong. She's wrong. We never look what is wrong with us. That is the last never. place we look at with our faults. We think always there's a problem with this person. You know, this thing. It's never with mm-hmm. me. We have mm-hmm. to think our problems. And that's the last time where we look. And people don't look there. People think I am good. No. I am perfect. And I am I am who I am. We want to have our ego that we are not doing something wrong. And yes. if we are wrong, somebody tells us we are wrong either we deny it or we mm-hmm. go into the depressive state you know oh i'm wrong and, and i've seen this a lot with you know i don't know men don't do easily get affected from these things they say okay you know i'm not going to get too much care about it and with women they can get easily affected when they heard some criticism some of them that they can because they are really easily like vulnerable to this criticism they say okay uh, i think it. every i think everybody's vulnerable to criticism yeah um, it just depends on who the criticism is coming from. <laughs> yes, if it's the close person, that is one thing. But, you know, individually, when you you help clients to understand their triggers and their patterns, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. how do you help them identify? Because, you know, they cannot identify. They don't know themselves. Okay, the female doesn't no. know themselves and the male. But how do you help them identify their patterns and their triggers? What, what is your approach? How, how do you do that? It's something I'm trying it's, to It's about asking the right questions, right? Mm-hmm. Like letting people talk about whatever it is that's bothering them or letting them talk about whatever the situation was that they're that they're concerned with, right? And letting them air all of that stuff out and then taking it back and saying okay well let's talk about how how did you react in this situation and what did what did you contribute to this situation right and do you think that what you contributed helped the situation or or made the situation worse right and getting people you know getting people to really think about things in a different way but those are things that like if you don't know how to ask yourself those kinds of questions you can't have any kind of deep emotional 
you know, rearrangement within yourself, unless you learn how to ask yourself different questions. And I couldn't do that for myself just out of the blue. I needed to have somebody in my life to help ask me those questions so that I could eventually say, okay, what do, what do I need to do different here? What did I do that may have contributed to this situation and made it worse or made it better? You know, what, what, what do I wish I could have done differently? right? We never ask that question. What do I wish I could have done differently? But we're really good at saying, you know what you could do differently? You could stop doing blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Or whatever. And so it's really about, you know, teaching people how to ask themselves different questions. Because again, my philosophy in everything is if I change me, the world around me changes. It's never, if I change you, the world around me changes. That's not a thing. That doesn't ever happen. That's delusion land right? But if I change me, the world around me changes. So a lot of the times I don't know how I have to change me until I have an interaction with you that goes badly. If somebody comes to you and, you know, they rant it all out, you help them identify and all of those things are good. You help mm -hmm. them. Okay. Okay. It's good. It's good on the paper. You know, everything is going to be good. Great. But the thing is, it's just on the conversation, you know, if I'm talking to you virtually or I met you IRL and, you know, we had a conversation, you helped me and all that. Then what? You know, you go your ways, I go I way, I'm in my home or somewhere. Mm -hmm. People, how you can give them like what to change, how to change. But what if they don't implement it? What is that thing that they don't commit the thing that they go home and they do the things that you told them and you have to work upon this and this like that roadmap mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's, it's uh, a, it's a process, you know, it's a mm. process. It's not a, there's not a, um, you know, one thing fits and it, you know what I mean? It's not like magic pill. A logic pill. Yeah. Magic yeah. No. Pill. And it does like, I always tell people yeah. that the but human belief systems are like a multifaceted million, you know, click lock. Right. And every time we have a conversation, every time we do a little work, it unclicks a little bit and it unclicks a little bit. Every time I do the work, it doesn't just happen overnight where all of a sudden I'm just somebody different. Like that's not a thing. So getting into reality about how things shift right in ourselves is is part of the process of going through coaching and helping people, you know, understand, look, you didn't become this person overnight. You're not going to unbecome this person overnight it's a process and every day i just have to be committed to the process every day i just have to be willing to do maybe one thing differently right not pick up the phone when i'm angry just don't pick up the phone when you're angry okay i can do that today right or go for a walk every day whatever it is but it's 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 learning how to do one little thing at a time and not expect everything to you know unwind in a minute because that's not what happened we you know, have to I be patient couples, we have to be yeah. patient you know that's something to we have to be patient results and diligent people yeah yeah we have to but, be patient and we have to be diligent you want quick results drugs and alcohol that's quick that's quick results <laughs> that will end you up in you know dead jail or in a you know mental institution if you go far enough with it right so it's like quick results never get you to the place you think it never get cures you, you it can give a temporary relief yeah. That is only yes. one thing. But that is even a delusion that is giving you temporary relief. It's just a delusion yeah. because it's for a moment. You know, totally. there's no cure. There's no coming mm -hmm. out of you it. You might as well that. just deal with the moment. Deal with the moment. Learn yeah. what you're supposed to and move on. And the truth is, is that, you know, we live in a world where instant gratification is everything, you know, and uh, and it's it's really sad.
It is. But, you know, one thing that I always say that, you know, all of this thing requires one thing. One thing is that is great courage. That is yes. that is something that I think is a necessary requirement. And you have to be courageous yes. to face your fears, face your whatever you're facing, you know, in life. Yeah. Even if you don't go to a coach, you are by your own. You have to have that courage because the coaches can help you identify it. They cannot live your life. They are not that yeah. Even the doctor cannot. Even a doctor cannot. They can help you fix it. But at the end of the day, you know what doctors say? You fix your body. We just help it, uh, f- uh, like, uh, facilitate the uh, speed of that here. At the end of the day, the body fix itself. You know, that's how the body yeah. works. In the medical term, that's the golden secret. Yes. The body is capable of fixing itself. We just yes. help it with some medicine or some kind of, a, I don't know, anesthesia. Like, all of those fancy words, you know, we help them. Welcome to Luvo. Embody health, happiness, and success with Luvo's manifestation and high-performance modes. Manifest your greatest desires with our unique manifestation technique and enhance your overall well-being. Our high-performance technique will ignite your enthusiasm and help you reach your state of flow. Download our free app, and start living your best life. But you know, what is the mm-hmm. role of spirituality in your coaching? I'm, I'm, I'm also kind of curious. What is the role of spirituality in your coaching? The, the role of spirituality in my coaching is whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. That's a spiritual law, period, right? Whatever, whatever energy I put into, I'm going to get out of it. If I'm focused on the problem, the problem's going to get bigger. But if I focus on the solution, then the solution will get bigger. And the ener- the world matches your enthusiasm. If I'm super enthusiastic about something, not just in the initial moment, but continuously, then whatever I put into it, I'm going to get out of it. And so if I give it all of everything I have, I will learn a tremendous amount. And that was my experience. But if I put this much into it, if I put nothing into it at all, I'm not going to get anything out of it. So it's... so. The spiritual law is is your enthusiasm will be matched based on what you feed it, right? So, a lot of people, you know, have go to different kind of coaching therapy, you know, or mm-hmm. just don't go anywhere. They say, "Okay, I'm going to fix myself. I don't need anyone's help to do that." You know, it's again the mm-hmm. thing that we can do it ourselves, and it's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You can't. You are inherently capable of fixing yourself if you have that courage. That you know, to a to a certain point. Yes, yes, I agree with that. To a certain point. Certain but point. If you yes, want, if like, you, if you, are, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, obviously, obviously a human intervention from somebody else who can understand your problems from that non-biased perspective really helps that speed of the process. If I have to say speed of the process. But again, mm-hmm. if you are think you can, you're capable of it, but there's no greater power than your own courage. So definitely what role do you think motivation and fulfillment play in the recovery journey? That, you know, when you say I'm satisfied with what I have and motivation to live, because a lot of people lose that uh, will to live even sometimes. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that People have gone to that state, like you said, about suicide. People go to mm-hmm. that state where they have lost motivation to live and then they come back from it and survive. And that's a big mm-hmm. miracle, you know, I feel. Mm-hmm. So what role does motivation and fulfillment play in recovery recovery journey? 
Well, I think that motivation is great in the beginning. You know what I mean? And your motivation will go up and down through the process, right? Like I'm not motivated 100% every day to do anything ever, right? <laughs> so, you know, so it, my motivation, again, grows based on how much energy I put into it, number one. But number two, there are going to be times when I'm super motivated and there are going to be times when I'm not. And those times when I'm not is going to be a true test to my character and how willing I am to sacrifice in the moment to just do what I need to do instead of doing what I feel like doing, right? Because that's probably one of the biggest problems I deal with with people. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, I don't feel like doing a lot of things. Like, I don't feel like ever getting out of bed. Like, let's be clear, right? The only thing I ever want to really do is take a nap. But if all I did was take a nap in life, I wouldn't get anywhere, right? I'd be super depressed. So I always tell people, don't, don't wait for your feelings to catch up with you and give you the, the, the motivation to do this, right? Your motivation has to be something bigger than just how do I feel, right? And, um, and motivation what could that be? What could that be? What could that big motivation be? Um, I mean, that's why we have dreams, right? That's why people have, you know, what is your dream? And dreams aren't necessarily about making the dream come true as much as it is about a direction, right? Like I have this dream of being blah, blah, blah. So that's the direction I'm going to go in. Doesn't mean that that's where I'm going to land, right? But that's where I'm going to go. Dreams are a way of motivation. You know, um, having ideas about what you want your life to look like, that's a motivation. Wanting to feel better, that's a motivation. Whatever it is, there's a lot of motivations that are outside just how we feel. Um, and and to, to pick those up and, and run with them. You know, we talked about people living in their heads here and there, here and there. And what they are doing, imagining, creating right. worlds in their head. But if they use that power, that, that is a power, if they use that yeah. power in the right direction, my question is, and this is a very serious question in the very, if you can understand in the right sense, how powerful is imagination? If it is, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's everything, right? Because the stories I tell myself determine my life. If I'm telling myself that I'm not worth anything, that I'm no good, that life is just, you know, I hate life, nobody loves me, everybody hates me, whatever it is, the stories I tell myself will generate my life path, right? So I have to make sure that the stories I'm telling myself are getting me to a place that's that's going in a direction I want to go in. If my life's, and that's how we can tell, right? If my life's not going in the direction I want it to, it has everything to do with the stories I tell myself. The imagination I have for my life, for me, for for people in my life. So it, it means everything, right? And being able to be creative about how you solve the problems that you're challenged with is all about imagination. It's all about learning how to create a new existence, right? And if I'm not creative in the way that I solve problems, I'll just get tired of solving problems and say, I don't want to do this anymore. So you think these dreams and these imagination inspire us to go beyond the limits, go cross our limits and really see our true potential, increase our potential, if I have to say. Yes. And that's, in, yeah. you know, and this is a very powerful tool, but we often don't use it at, at, at the, in the right way. We use it in a really wrong way. I mean, we get so much of things in life, you know, and we don't feel grateful for it. You know, we think, okay, I have it and, mm -hmm. and we feel less grateful. But once that is taken away from us, 
you know mm-hmm. that power then we re- realize it's worth maybe eyes could be one object you know maybe ears oh. could be one object we we understand that a lot of people like you don't understand how many people don't even have eyes to see really rightly we have great eyes to see and ears to hear but a lot of yeah. people don't understand that's value how much value you have we think we think everybody has it no not everybody has it because we think no. everybody does you know yeah well and so, grat- gratitude is is required yeah for satisfaction you cannot right. be joyful without gratitude right you know and there's a lot of miserable people on this planet and when you fig- when you have a conversation with them for 5 minutes you know it's because they're ungrateful you know like i can have a conversation with somebody and in 5 minutes know whether they're grateful or they're not you know and i'm grateful for my life how's that how how do you that know happen. that if somebody's grateful or not in 5 minutes then based on their perception of what they're talking about is it happening to them or is it happening in spite of them how does that make a difference that is how because when i'm because living in a victim mentality which means the world is happening to me right which is oh poor me everything's happening to me my life is horrible i have the worst <laughs> luck i'm never going to get anywhere i'm never going to have the job i want yeah cuz you are ungrateful for the life that you've been given, right? So when somebody's in a victim mentality, you know, they're not grateful. But when somebody's grateful, they're 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 much more like, "Yeah, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. I'm going to see how it's going to go. We'll see." You know what I mean? They're not dangerously committed to things being one way or not another. They're not looking at the life, you know, their life as, you know, "Oh my god, I can't make things stop happening to me." It's like, "Hmm, really? Hmm. That's interesting." the rest of us can but you can't okay you know so it's 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 really there's a difference between people who are grateful and who are not and it's pretty obvious pretty quickly well for me that's what i do for a living so i guess that's why you know i i feel one of the most powerful energies in human history and and in us is anger mm. you know and the second is lust i feel you know these two are such powerful energies you know lust is a very different topic we go on but when it comes to anger you know lust is obviously a really really that kind of a topic you know when we think about so many things we don't have to get into but anger in that very moment we lose ourselves we we lose the conscious like you know we don't know what to do you know when we are angry we we do and we have so much power like when you are angry your potential has reached 10 times more you can i mean i have to say this i've said this a lot of people don't understand it really when i say it in the i have to make them explain it in a really layman's language there is a rock which is weighted 10 kilograms okay and you cannot pick it up by one hand when you are absolutely conscious normally but once you're angry you can pick up the same rock very easily you have your potential mm-hmm. because in anger you can you have so much access to energy of such a great potential you can do things you would never you can never do when you're conscious you mm-hmm. are your capabilities and, and 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 in anger most people do wrong things you know i i had this in america there's a Missouri is a place you know in America it's this uh, mm-hmm. city so there's mm-hmm. a prison in there and they there was a research conducted by a university of pennsylvania there and i think we talked about this when we had a conversation they conducted in the research in the missouri prison that why are most murderers most rapists most all of these people are in there who killed people basically the murderers and a lot of people they uh, they interviewed there the criminals they say 
I killed somebody, but I, I didn't realize I was killing him. You know, I, I was just, it just didn't happen in the moment. And I didn't, what did I do? Because they were not mm-hmm. conscious of when, when they were doing it. They were so mm-hmm. in the anger, the anger is taking toll and control of them that they were not, like, it was like they were, they were possessed by anger. And mm-hmm. they lose control and they do things. And that's what we do in real life, right? When we have, we are angry, uh, Quincy, we lose control. Mm-hmm. And there are yeah. so many different things that when we lose control of. So how do you help clients to get control of these great emotions like lust, anger, you know? It's not true that you have to let go. Anger is a good emotion to have unless how will you yes. make decisions. But how do you make them in a say that it's not going to take control of you? You have the control over them. How do you do that? Well, there, and there, there's a difference between anger and rage, right? And rage is what I think you're talking about more so than just anger. Like, cause I can be angry and not lose consciousness basically. Right. With rage, it's like going into a blackout, right? Because my, the, the, the feeling is so intense, right? The energy is so intense that it takes me, it's a propellant. Basically, it takes me to another dimension, right? In, in my consciousness, right? But, um, and, and a lot of the time behind rage really is fear, right? And so if I can get people to stay away from the intensity of the emotion, but talk about all the beliefs that are coming up as a result of that, then all of a sudden you can see, you know, what's really going on here, right? And, you know, I know my perfect example of that is like yelling at my kids when they were little, right? Like they would do something where they were going to hurt themselves, right? Or hurt somebody else. And that always brought that rage out in me because I was so afraid they were going to hurt themselves that was not going to be fixable, you know what I mean? Or hurt somebody else that it, it, that it scared me to death. And when I realized that that's where that was coming from, then all of a sudden I could say, they're okay. They're okay. They're not hurting themselves. They're okay. Relax. Right. And learning how to identify the beliefs behind stuff so that I understand where the intensity is coming from. Like, again, for me, feelings are just a red flag that is trying to teach us something about ourselves, right? Something about us or something about somebody else. So if I can learn how to, how to look at how I'm feeling or how I'm behaving as a, as a, a key to learning about myself, then all of a sudden I can start to look at it differently. Right. But if I just allow how I feel and how I behave to rule my world and not be responsible for changing it. Right. That's, that's a, that's, that's irresponsible. Right. That's what irresponsible looks like. Yes, that is, that is definitely a great way to explain that. Uh, but you know, a lot of people who go to a healing process and thank God they are saved and they are now okay. And they also heal themselves in the process. Like mm-hmm. let's say you are, and one of your clients who comes to you heals themselves and they are out in the world now living their life. Okay. But sometimes after the post treatment as well, there are so many challenges that come. They are fixed. Yet they are not, you know, after some time, those That's same problems can come back again. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like one of the triggers. So what is that post? Uh, tri- is it? Cr- and it's, it's crucial. It's crucial for you as a coach as well. Like, you, you know, you fix them. They have fixed themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, if the same problems come back after a few years down the line. You know, well, the same but, I don't, but I think that that's the wrong word to use. Like, we don't get fixed. We can repair. 
things, mm. right? But we can't, I mean, fixed is, you know, people have a belief that if you fix something, it's not broken anymore, right? And I don't believe that people are broken, right? I don't believe that anybody's broken. I think that we're born perfect, right? And we are given challenges that create need Girl. for other people in our Girl. life, right? So that we can become the person we're supposed to, right? And so, you know, I don't believe that we're broken, but I give, you know, we give people, you know, in coaching, I give people all kinds of different tools. And and I always explain life is like a video game, right? Video <laughs> games, you know, you, you, you start out as one avatar, right? And you have to get through the first level. And in that first level, you have to slay all these demons and you get all these gifts and you learn all these things about how to get to the next level, right? And then all of a sudden you're at the next level, you're right? Prepared. And now you've got yeah. And now you've got a whole new set of tools, right? You got a new set of tools. You got new demons to slay. You got new gifts coming to you, right? And you learn everything you're supposed to learn to get through that level, to get to the next level, right? And life is very much the same way. Like we're never, you're never done evolving as a person. You're never done learning as a person. Like our job, my belief is, is that humans are only here to do two things, to learn and to love. And that's it. So if I look at everything in my life as an opportunity to learn and or to love, then all of a sudden I, I can see things through a whole different lens, right? And the, and, the, and the tools that I may use today, they may work tomorrow, but they, need to, they may need to be leveled up. Like I may have used an ax on level one of the video game, but maybe I get, you know, I don't know, a dump truck in the second level that I get to just run people over with. I mean, who knows? Right. So the, the, I don't know what, that was the dumbest analogy ever, but I get different tools at different parts of my life and they grow, you know, tools start small, but they can get bigger, you know? And so if I learn to look at things as just opportunities to love and to learn, then all of a sudden I can see life through a different lens. Why is that, Quincy? That so many people live with with their families, uh, with uh, with uh, they have life partners, they have everybody around them, but they mm -hmm. still feel lonely. Mm. Because loneliness is self-absorption. It's self-obsession. Loneliness is about me wanting to be important, me wanting my needs met, me not getting what I want, me not having this, me, 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 right? You cannot be lonely and connect to other people. Like me connecting to you right now, I'm not lonely in this moment, but I'm not thinking about me, right? I'm thinking about how do I have a conversation with you and the people who listen to your It's not about in you. A way. It's not, it's no. about other it's not about yeah you. i'm not thinking about what i'm getting right loneliness comes from me being obsessed with why am i not getting what i want right because that's the that's just me myself and i but if i'm thinking about how do i be of service to you how do i make somebody else feel important like i when people say to me well i don't feel important and i don't feel like anybody cares about me and i don't feel like blah 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 i'll say who have you shown those things to in the world lately who have you cared about? Who have you made feel important? Who have you been interested in? Right? Because that's where connection comes from. Loneliness is the opposite of connection, right? So all I have to do is connect to somebody else and I'm not lonely. I haven't been lonely. Oh my God, some days I wish I could be lonely. I've been I haven't been lonely in decades because my whole life is based on 
how do I help somebody else? How do I make somebody else feel the way that I want to feel? And that cures loneliness like that. But that's part of what's problem with your, your, your generation and below is that everything is about being self-absorbed and in this moment. You said right? like being in getting, you know, gratification, you know, and I think mm -hmm. that's like, you know, you have it's, to be, it's, it's like in America, in America, I have to say, because I live in a different country, but in America, it's like that, you know, uh, with girls that, you know, if, if, if you don't have a boyfriend at the, at the say, you know, everybody has one. Yeah, I should have one. I cannot. And I was talking to this uh, girl recently and she's really young and mm -hmm. she lives in the States and I, and I said, you just got a broker. Why didn't you do boyfriend? Why didn't you be in a relationship right now? She said, everybody is in a relationship. So I should be in a relationship too, right? I should mm. have a boyfriend too. And this sounds yeah. so funny to me. And, and you know, this, yes. this is right. You know, you just want gratification that I am in a relationship. Look, this is my boyfriend or this is my girlfriend. You know, opposite things. Right. It's like that. And you know, yeah. we, we want the latest phone, latest this, latest that. Just not because we need it. Because we no. want to prove that, you know, I have it. Not that we're worth it. something. Yes. That we're worth something. Yes. Yeah. I mean, girls do fall under that purview when they're young. Like if I don't have a boyfriend, then it means I'm not lovable or I'm not worth anything. And nothing could be further than, from the truth than that very thing. But they're so focused on what they want and what they want to get that they're not really thinking about what can I give. And that's part of being an adolescent and growing into an adult is learning how to sh shift your thinking from thinking about myself to thinking about others. And that's the difference. But the problem is, is a lot of kids make decisions based on that thinking about themselves, you know, position. And that's where problems always show up. You know, with over 20, 23 years of experience and coaching experience that you have, mm -hmm. I have to ask this question, you know, what legacy would you like to leave behind through your hope? Or do you hope to leave behind your hope? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I want people to know that no matter where they are in their life or what's happening in their life, they can make a different choice and it can change the trajectory of their life at any given moment. And that they have the power to do that. We all have the power to have the life that we want. It's just whether or not we exercise it whether or not we're willing to to engage with it, whether or not we're willing to learn about it, whether or not we're willing to, you know, jump on that train and say, I want to do this, right? Courage, like you said earlier, whether or not we have courage, right? And, you know, being human is scary. It's a scary thing, being human, right? But it doesn't have to be. And we're all kind of in this together. And if you're not having the life that you want, you can. The you only can reason you're not you having can it make a life. is you because can make a life. You, can, yes. you can make whatever you want. You know, and so just be willing to get in the game. Part of being human is get in the game. Be the person that you believe you're meant to be, you know, but nobody's going to bring that to you. Nobody's going to do it for you. You have to be the one that does it for yourself. And, you know, I, I was talking to somebody and, you know, I said to him that this thing uh, that can you wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, this is the person I want to be. If if yes, <laughs> and if yes, then you're really you're really on the right path. But if you say no, this is a here's a problem, and then you look at yourself in the mirror and say, would you like this person who's standing in front of the mirror? Would you? Yeah. And if the, if that's the case, then you're on the right. But if if, if it's not, then 
yes, look into it. What's the problem, man? You know, you have and to understand. It. Yes, change it. You know, because everything can be upgraded in this body. This is the greatest part 100%. of being human that it could be taken to the next level or it could be taken down. And you know, that's 100%. what I think with humans. You know, why humans are the greatest species on the planet in the sense because the the heights human can reach, nobody else can reach, and the lower human can go, no other species can go. Also, it's the, it's the really opposite way. <laughs> I yes. agree. Yes, one hundred percent. So yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's about the choices we make. It really is. And you know, if you don't like your life, just be willing to make different choices, and you can have a different life. How do it's you really measure, that simple? How do you measure your impact on your clients, on the people you have made? Do you like? How do you understand it? Like, have you thought? Like, it's like a data thing, you know. How much have I really done in in helping? Have you thought about it ever? Um, you know, it's funny, like, I know that that all the clients that I've worked with, you know, they come back years later and go, I can still hear you in my head, you know, or I still think about that thing that you said to me, or, you know, whatever it is. And I, you know, and I run into them often. And so, so that's, that's usually how I know what I'm doing. Like, my job is just to be a facilitator. My job is just to be a mirror. People show up for me, and I just show them who they are. That's all it is. Like, I don't, I don't expect you know, me to be anything bigger than that. Right. Um, and if I impact somebody in that way, then I'm grateful for it. I'm super grateful for it. Um, but it's usually about what comes back at me. What's the feedback I get back at me? Is, is it good? Is it positive? Or is it, you know, you're a disappointment, you know, I'm still this, I'm still that I'm, I haven't had that yet. So actually that's not true. I've had two or three people who, who got worse, <laughs> who got worse as a result of coaching with me, but the hundreds of other ones, you know, that, that I've worked with, you know, I watched them grow and I watched them blossom and I watched them. Has it changed you as well as a person? Oh my God. Every time I have a conversation with somebody, it changes me because I get to see things differently. And really that's all we're trying to do with anybody is just change their perception of themselves of their marriage of their career path of their life in some way and so every time i'm having a conversation with somebody to try to do that i get a new perception as well and so yeah it changes me too so my last question you know that before we wrap this up limiting mm -hmm. beliefs that we have oh, put yeah. in from the childhood like mm -hmm. you've been conditioned to believe in something that, and that's what for me is limiting belief that that is being bought from childhood because that's the most hard to leave. Absolutely. That's the most hard to live. And you've already been bought from the childhood and you've been told, you know, this is right. This is how you should live. This is how you should be, be right. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, you know what, and I think it's sort of a manipulation and parents do, do it without realizing how much it's going to impact the kid until the kid becomes something that, you know, because we never know how much impact are we creating to the kids by saying no. a single word when they are kids. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't understand that, right? Uh, mm -hmm. parents don't understand that because parents are not doing it towards their kids they're doing it for their good but they don't understand sometimes and they do that. and you know so how do we overcome these limiting beliefs for which when we grow up and this is especially in the case when we are uh in the 20s and the 30s specifically i'm mm -hmm. not really older but not too young as well it's a 20s and 30s you know when when mm -hmm. we have we have we have these conflicts and we marry or somebody you know that's the time we have these conflicts of limiting belief that is stopping me to totally. grow my career to grow in my marriage you know all of that thing mm -hmm. become a parent so i'm trying to understand mm -hmm. how do we overcome our limiting beliefs 
Well, I think that every human being has limiting beliefs, right? And depending on how much pain, excuse me, those limiting beliefs cause will determine how fast somebody wants to get over them, right? And we get to choose what we want to believe whenever we get to that point. Sorry. Um, so limiting beliefs are really about learning how to catch what's working for us and what isn't. And if I'm telling my story, myself a story that's not working anymore, right, then I get to choose how to change it. But it usually takes a lot of pain to get to that place to be willing to change it. Because nobody is, you know, nobody is telling me anything that I'm not already telling myself. I pull people into my life that mirror what I already tell myself. So if I have people in my life who are telling me I'm not worth it, it's because I'm telling myself I'm not worth it. Right. That's and why they're I'm just, taking that criticism. They're just totally. mirrors. Yeah. yeah. That's I, that's the whole world is just a mirror. The whole world is just a mirror, you know, that. Yeah. So you know, learn how to pay attention to the mirrors in your life and say, is this what I want? No, I don't want to be surrounded by people who tell me I can't do it or who telling me that I'm, you know, I'm a dreamer. You know, I don't want to be around people who tell me I'm not good enough. I don't I want to be, be around people, people that how I want to feel, how I want to feel. If I want to feel nice, Absolutely. I want to be around nice people. You know, I have to change right. my friends group because if they are, they are negative about me, I can never grow in a negative place. Right. A hundred percent. So, you, you know, know and, and that includes, yeah. And that includes family too. It doesn't mean you have to throw people away. Right. <laughs> but it does mean, but it does mean that, you know, you get to choose who you want in your life. And How much you want told to, to you, be affected from mm -hmm. their words. You know, it's it's okay 100%. to live within uh, a family, you know, where we can not control them, but you can control that how much you want to get affected from their words, right? right? And that is yeah. something you have to control. Why you have to be, uh, why you have to listen to them? You know, you just have to yeah. don't get affected. And that's the golden mini secret to not get mm -hmm. affected, not be attached to these small, small things, you know. And we become yes. agitated and attached to small small things that don't matter much but we make it a mm -hmm. big issue right we make this a big yes. issue like this is the big fuss you know that yes this is just happening with me it's again all and then about ego it's all happening with me you know parents yes. take in this whole big world only my kid who goes out is going to face accident right he's going to yes. get in trouble that's the right <laughs> whole yeah deal. no totally and that's but that's you know being a parent you know we never know like if if my dad yeah. knew that what he said to me when I was six years old was going to change the way I thought about myself for the rest of my life. He never would have said it. Right. But he said it the way he said it. And me as a child attached a, a, a meaning to it. I attached a meaning to it. I decided that this is what this important. Means. This is. Interesting. Yes. And so, and so I get to change what it means too. Right. I decided that when he said this, that it meant this about me. And that's not necessarily true. So if that's what I decided back then, I can undecide it when I realize that it's not working. So thank you so much, Quincy, for being oh, on. Oh, thank you. It's been so much fun. It's been a great conversation. You know, thank you so much for being on Zest to Live today. And, you know, we had a great conversation about so many things. But the one <laughs> thing that I forgot I forgot is we didn't talk much about meditation. And, mm. and, and, you know, that's what I think, you know, because this is a Lufo original podcast. You know, meditation is such an important tool. Gratitude is it such is. an important tool. And mm -hmm. uh, in the, within the Lufo app, you have guided meditation for beginners and for intermediate 
people who can grow and start their journey in spirituality, meditation, and gratitude to understand yes. how we can grow and come. And you know, Luvo helps facilitate those growth for the people who are trying to improve their journey and trying to begin because this is their guide, you know. And we also mm-hmm. have life coaches like you in, in that sense, exactly you. Maybe yeah. one day you will also be here to help uh-huh. people. So if you have these life coaches, you can talk to them and have free mm-hmm. sessions with them online in the Luvo yeah. app and watch them and understand and grow. So that is one of the free great features in Luvo. And rather than I'm trying to promote it, you just have to try it out, I think. And it's a great app to experience and grow yourself, uh, you know, all the ways. And at the end of the day, remember what Gautama the Buddha said that comes to me always when I think about it is be your own light be your mm-hmm. own light you know be a, a light into yourself you know that's what will take you to the next level and you are yeah. ultimately capable of changing to great never think that you cannot change never think you cannot yeah. do you are capable than your imagination yes that is yes. the greatest secret you are capable yes. more than you can dream of so that's mm-hmm. uh, the thing and you know i remember yeah. there was this uh, celebrity uh, quincy who she mm-hmm. was at a, a guru's place and she, he was a really respected guru, okay, a spiritual guru. And when mm-hmm. this actress met her and was leaving her uh, like ashram or monastery, that guru said, may your dreams never be fulfilled. And that girl was yes. what? You know, and, and, and that girl was like, what? Why did you say that? Uh, you know, why should my dreams were never be fulfilled? And said, let me complete. And the guru said, mm-hmm. May it your dreams get you may you get things beyond your dreams beyond your imagination that's get fulfilled mm-hmm. because our dreams our yes. imaginations are so small you know we are so much potential and as we increase yeah. in our consciousness Quincy our capability of imagining things also increase we can think big yes for sure for sure that's awesome so, that's a beautiful thought yeah so thank you so much for being on the show today and getting your spending your giving your precious time and your insights and your journey to the listeners thank you so much introducing meditation with lugo for a calmer and happier you with our guided unguided and live sessions improve your mind body connection through our live sessions for yoga health eating and meditation music Always keep your health vitals in check by connecting your smartwatch. Download our free app and start living your best life.